Welcome to the Voo Church Podcast. Security is always an inside job. The security we crave isn't found in a person, a job, an accolade, or even a relationship. It starts with us. Before we're secure partners, we must be secure individuals. But how do we recognize our value? How do we receive all that God has for us? Today, Pastor Rich Wilkerson Jr. breaks down these questions and more as we jump into week two of our Single and Secure collection with this message, Know Your Worth. And hey, it doesn't end there because this week is Crew Week. Join a VU crew today. Discuss this message, meet with friends, and be reminded that you are not walking alone. Sign up today at vuchurch.com slash cruise. Remember, insecurity is not due to our lack of value, but our inability to recognize our own worth. Let's lean into the message together. If you got a Bible, quickly turn to uh, Numbers chapter 27 is where I want you to turn. Uh, this collection, of course, we are going to be dealing with relationships, but before we get to relationships, we're talking about individuals. We're talking about you. And I read a funny quote this week. Uh, one of my friends said it to me. I think it'll make you laugh. It's by Albert Einstein, pretty smart guy. This is what Albert Einstein said. He said this. He said, men marry women with the hope that they will never change. Women marry men with the hope that they will change. <laughs> Invariably, they are both disappointed. We hear a good amen out there, if that's true. Uh, I think at the heart of the quote, it's really what we're talking about here is that so much of the time we put so much stock in other people, but the heart of this collection is to get back to you. Get back to you, the work that you need to do on you, building confidence and security. And I, I wanna direct your attention to a, a portion of scripture that I've never ever preached before, not in the book, by the way. Um, but I think it's gonna be helpful today. And uh, last week I preached a message entitled, Don't Believe the Lie. What is the lie? The lie is that I need another person to build eternal security. No, Jesus does that. And today I just wanna to continue to build on this. We're gonna be here for a few weeks. We're gonna, of course, get to things like dating and marriage and sex and heartbreak. That stuff's all gonna come. But, but before we get there, we gotta got start with you. And I said it this way, because I know there's some people in the room that you don't even wanna get married. You're single and totally content. and. The collection is not to get people married. In fact, the whole book is challenging the church. Quit telling people just to simply get married. Because how many of y'all know if you've got problems, uh, getting married just means you put a ring on your problems. However, there are a lot of people in our church and our community that are like, yeah, I want a godly marriage. And I would just say it this way, that if you want to end married and happy, you have to start single and secure. If you want to end married and happy, you have to start. You have to start. If you want to end married and happy, you have to start single and secure. So let's look at Numbers chapter 27, Old Testament passage. I believe it's going to encourage you. Numbers 27 says this, the daughters of Zelophehad, son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh, belonged to the clans of Manasseh, son of Joseph. The names of the daughters were Mahala, Noah, Holga, Milka, and Terza. They approached the entrance to the tent of meeting and stood before Moses, Eleazar the priest, the leaders and the whole assembly and said, our father died in the desert. He was not among Korah's followers who band together against the Lord, but he died for his own sin and left no sons. Why should our father's name disappear from his clan because he had no son? Give us property among our father's relatives. So Moses brought their cause or their case before the Lord. And the Lord said to him, 
what Zelophehad's daughters are saying is right. You must certainly give them property as an inheritance among their father's relatives and turn their father's inheritance over to them. Say to the Israelites, if a man dies and leaves no son, turn his inheritance over to his daughter. If he has no daughters, give his inheritance to his brothers. If he has no brothers, give his inheritance to his father's brothers. If his father had no brothers, give his inheritance to the nearest relative in his clan that he may possess it. This is to be a legal requirement for the Israelites as the Lord commanded Moses. I wanna take uh, this portion of scripture today and I wanna preach part two of our collection, Single and Secure. And I wanna preach from the subject, know your worth. Know your worth. Uh, When Don Shree and I were were getting ready to move out of our apartment, we were expecting our first child, Wyatt Wesley Wilkerson, who by the way is in church this morning. Make some noise for my son being in church. He loves when people clap for him, by the way. He has a little ego forming, and uh, at this moment, it's cute. Um, <laughs> at a certain age, it becomes dangerous, but right now, it's, it's cute. And we were expecting our first child, and so we, we were leaving our apartment. We had lived in apartments really the majority of our life, but we knew that we needed a little more space, and so we looked to rent a house. And I remember we, we found this house uh, over there near the design district uh, in a little neighborhood called Morningside. We enjoyed living there so much, but when we first went and toured the house, um, all over the windows were these stickers that said, um, under surveillance. And I remember, I remember having a conversation with Don Tree. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, we're definitely going to rent this house. It's got a security system. <laughs> so, of course, we go and we, we rent the house. And the first day we move in, we discover uh, there was no security system. It was just stickers on a window. And it made us laugh because as we moved into the house, uh, we discovered that we actually had to put in a security system. That the responsibility was was ours, that we needed to do the work. I like the analogy because once again, as we're around this collection of talks, I think that there's some false sense of security that people have. That many times people really believe that if they just get married or if they just get a partner, then somehow they're gonna have security. But what you discover is that security is always an inside job. Security is always the responsibility of the individual. Peace, joy, satisfaction, that all comes from the inside out. And that is all work that individuals have to do. This collection of talks, the reason why we're taking time to preach it to our entire church is because it's not just for people that are unmarried. It's for people of all different ages, of all different stories, all different seasons. We all must learn to be single and secure. Why? Because what I said last week is that a lot of relationship problems actually boil down to individual issues. So the truth is, is that you were born an individual You're going to die an individual. And one day you're going to stand before a righteous God as an individual. Did you live your life in all seasons single and secure? The reason why Don Shree and I took the time to put a security system on our house is because we actually believe that the things on the inside of the house are valuable. How many know that you tend to secure things that are valuable? I went to a friend's house not too long ago, and when I was walking in, there was a big sign on the outside of the house that said, beware of dog. I don't know about y'all, but like, I got some fears in life. One is a dog coming after me. And so I kind of got in the house. I'm like, bro, 
man, that sign's pretty intense, you know? I'm like, where's the dog? He's like, man, I ain't got no dog. <laughs> he goes, I just put that sign on the fence just to make sure that there's any potential intruder, they would be scared away. I said, that's funny. I said, that'll preach. Because I'm yelling, just because you project security doesn't mean you possess security. Some of us in this room, I know it's early, but some of y'all are starting to get blessed. Just because you project something doesn't mean you actually possess it. And I wonder how many of us in this room today, we have such this false sense of security. We're, we're, we're projecting something that we actually do not possess. And we're hoping that it's going to be enough that if an intruder ever comes, if there's ever a potential threat, that there's something strong enough there. But I just want to encourage you today, just because you project it doesn't mean you possess it. Just because you come to church doesn't mean you possess Christ. People walking, oh, I'm, I'm blessed. Do you know him? Do you have him? Just because you make some money doesn't mean that you possess a purpose. Just because you got a man <laughs> doesn't mean you have joy. Nobody say amen. <laughs> Just because you sleep around doesn't mean you possess satisfaction. I am telling you what the word of God says. There is not a potential threat. The word of God says that the enemy comes like a thief in the night and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And you don't want to just project security. You want to possess security. Why? Because what you got inside of you is valuable. And if you got value, you secure it. If you got something of value and worth, you make sure that you possess the proper security. Let me tell you what, your emotions are valuable. Your mental health is valuable. Your purity is valuable. Your sexuality is valuable. Your spirituality is valuable. You have to protect it. You have to secure it. The scripture says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a divine design. Today is a day that you begin to learn you are valuable in God's sight. Someone say, know your worth. Know your worth. Because if you know your worth, you'll start to walk in real security. Because you got something to lose. You got something to protect. I love our text today. I've never preached this text before. Uh, the story is the story of the daughters of Zelophehad. And maybe you've never read it before, but as I started to study more about it, I was kind of shocked just how I've never heard this passage preached and how my guess is, is a lot of us in this room probably don't know their story either. What's interesting is that they show up five different times in the Bible. The first time we see them is right here in our reading today, which is Numbers chapter 27. And in Numbers chapter 27, the Israelites, they're, they're getting ready to go into the promised land. They're gearing up for it. But uh, Moses and Eleazar, the priest of the Israelites, are doing a census of the people. The reason why they're doing a census is because a plague is hit 
and 24,000 people have died due to the plague. And so God has said, I want you to count everybody, get everybody accounted for. And so Moses begins to count every man over the age of 20. And as he's doing the census, all of a sudden from the clan of Manasseh, we meet these five single and secure women. These daughters of this man named Zelophehad. And as you study it, it's an interesting time because in culture during this time period, um, women were, were looked upon in many ways as, as second-class citizens. Now, I want to be very, very clear that I don't believe that this is the culture of God. I believe this was the culture of the day. And what takes place sometimes is sometimes the world begins to be louder than the plan and the promise of God. And so at the time, women are looked down upon and they're seen as property or as a possession. And these women in this story, their father has died and he was a good man. He was a righteous man. He died of his own sin, not joining the, the band of those that rebelled against Moses. And as he dies, uh, they want to go and get justice. They want the land that is owed to them. But according to the law back then, it was only sons. It was only men that would inherit the land. And so they were going to be bypassed. They were going to be missed. The land was going to go to someone else. But these, these women, they, they knew their worth. And I know the day and age was saying, you're not worth anything. You're just a property or a possession. But they knew in a God who was good and compassionate, they knew about a God who said that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Because the plan of God to me is never for women to be second class. Like, in fact, you go back to the very first marriage. We read about it last week. But like when Adam is talking about Eve, the very first union, the very first marriage, he, he, he doesn't like count Eve as like, you know, a possession or a property. He's not like talking about all this stuff and like just talks about Eve. In fact, look at what, how Adam describes Eve. This is Genesis chapter two, verse 23. This is the very first uh, marriage. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. You can hear his description that this is not a possession. This is a part of me. I've always loved that idea that women are not taken from Adam's feet because they're not beneath Adam. They're not taken from Adam's head because they're not above Adam, but rather they're taken from his rib because a woman is supposed to walk side man. We are different. Uh, we should celebrate our differences. We should not by any means begin to minimize each other's strengths. We both bring something beautiful to the table. But it's not just in the Old Testament. It's also in the New Testament. Look what the Apostle Paul says, just so we make sure we're all in the right church today. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What is the apostle Paul saying? He's saying that we are equal. We're different, but we're equal. We all bring something. We are not property or possession. We all have an inheritance. We have to know our worth. So these women, five women, their father is dead. We know that they're not married because there would have been a man that was representing for them. So there are five single women who are secure. And rather than just sit back and let their possession be taken, they step up. Not, that, not just that, they don't sit around and complain. They don't just let the status quo happen. They say, no, we're gonna, we're gonna stand up for what is rightfully ours. And, I just wanted to show you a few points because 
Today, I think it's really, really important that if you wanna get married or if you're in a marriage, that today you know your worth because so many relationship problems come down to individual issues and many of the individual issues are birthed out of us not knowing our value and our worth. So when you know your worth, number one is you, you stop giving discounts. Stop giving discounts. That's good. <laughs> These women are like, no, no, not today. Which by the way, like I would be afraid of five single women approach me if I was Moses. Like, oh no. They walk up and they're like, hey, no, 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 no. Like, that's cool. Uh, dad died, but um, that's our land. And we want you to give us our land because it's rightfully ours. We're not asking for more. We're not trying to you know, get something we don't deserve. We just want what is rightfully ours. We're not gonna give you a discount on this. We know it's ours to begin with. I want you to write this down because this is really, really important. Insecurity is not due to our lack of value, but our inability to recognize our own worth. So what I have learned is that in areas that we don't find value or worth, those are the areas that we're insecure in. Those are the areas that we don't shore up. Those are the areas that we don't protect. And it's not because there's not any value, it's because we are unable to see the worth on the inside. That's why there's people in this room today that you're not single and secure, you're single and insecure. That's why there's people that, are, that you're not married and secure, you're married and insecure, divorced and insecure, promiscuous and still insecure. Why? Because you don't understand the value on the inside and because of that, you will always sell yourself short and you will always give discounts. Not these women, they're like, no, 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 this is our land. We're not trying to just, we're not, we're not coming at your heart, we're just being honest. We're not gonna give you a discount on this. What's scary is that when insecurity shows up, there's two things you will see to the coin. When you're insecure, number one, you will tend to use people. This doesn't get talked about a lot because a lot of times it's like when you think someone's using someone, you think that's like oppression or an abuse of power, but it's always birthed out of an insecurity. And insecure people hurt people. Why? Because insecure people become jealous. And so what they do is they, is they use people. But listen, people are not an object of your pleasure. People are not meant to be used as a means to your end. People are people and they have value and beauty and they are to be cared for and loved. This is important because... Whenever we use people, it's a sign of an insecurity on the inside of us. And every one of us in this room, whether we want to admit it or not, have used someone before. Have used someone before. By the way, this is what pornography is all about. You're like, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. I don't know them. They don't know me. It is a big deal because what you're doing is, is that you are making a person that you do not know become an object for your pleasure. But that person was created in the image of God. They have been stamped with a divine imprint on the inside of them and they are not a means to your pleasure. They have a soul, they have beauty. I'm not trying to criticize you or hurt you. I'm just going, it's, it's, it's something on the inside of me that there's an insecurity that I, that I wanna use someone. Listen to me. If you have to tear someone down to build yourself up, you're insecure. 
ever been in those kind of conversations before? It's like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, that guy, I mean, right. I mean, I could do it that way if I had, it's, no, no, you're tearing them down because you're insecure. This will damage any relationship. I, I can't wait to get married. Well, you better deal with your insecurity because you're not gonna be able to handle that woman. <laughs> you're not gonna be able to love that man. You're not gonna be able to take care of those kids. You're insecure. Listen to me. Tearing someone down will never, ever fix yourself. We're insecure, and so we, we tend to use people. And I want to encourage you, stop giving discounts. Know your worth. Know your value. It's in knowing your value that you begin to see everybody else's value. The flip side of the coin, and here's where we got to talk for a second, is that when you're insecure, you don't just use people. You allow others to use you. And, and, and this is so much the heart of this project in this book is that I want to empower you. I believe your best days are right now and you do not need to let somebody use you. Just because someone can't see your value doesn't mean you're not worth it. Just because somebody else doesn't recognize the beauty that's on the inside of you, you are exactly what someone is searching for right now. You're amazing. You're, you're, you're incredible. God says wonderful things about you. But if we're not careful, we will give people discounts and we will sell ourselves short and we will settle for second best, for, for last. I think many times we settle because we think that, you know, little is better than nothing. However, is negative better than nothing? I think some of us, we end up going negative and really we should have waited. We should have allowed God to, to build security on the inside of us. My friend Aiden is here today leading worship. Uh, if you're at Somi in the morning or in the city in the evening, can we make some noise for Aiden? He did a great job today. And not only does he write worship music, but he writes some of the best, like I, he's got some of his own original music. I think it's incredible. It's like love songs and, you know, sappy ballads, but I'm a sucker for that stuff. And he has this one lyric in this song and it just spoke to me. He says, I'm someone you want when I'm someone else. And to me, that lyric is where I think so many times a generation of people live is that, okay, if I project all the right things, then you'll love me, then you'll accept me. And I just wanna remind you today that that's not love, that you have to become something else that's not who you are. No, you have been created in the image of God. We all need to progress. We all need to live our life according to God's word, but we align ourselves to God's word. We don't align ourselves to somebody else's will for our life. Come on, somebody, if you believe it today, stop giving discounts. So when you know your worth, you stop giving discounts. And I saw a meme the other day and it made me laugh so hard. If you know your worth, yeah, stop giving discounts and add tax. <laughs> and so point two, add tax. Not in the book, but very, very true. Add tax. I, I, I love this idea. When I say the word add tax, all I mean by that is that you can't settle you must go after that which, not that you feel, but that which you know that you deserve. This is in all relationships that we don't settle, that we actually say, all right, I'm actually, I actually deserve this. Look at what these girls do. Numbers chapter 27, verse four. Why should our father's name disappear from his clan because he had no son? I like these girls, bro. <laughs> Uh, I, I want, I want, I'm going to give this verse to Waylon. I'm going to put this over my daughter's 
over her crib starting now, you know? Give us property among our father's relatives. To me, it's not that they just didn't give a discount. It's that they added the tax, that they were bold. They were confident. Tax is one of those weird things, right? Because it's like, it's not extra. It's actually what's owed. So they're not looking for a bonus. They're not looking for more than what they deserve. They're just being bold and confident saying, I'm going to take this thing to the end. We're going to finish this thing the right way. Here's what's amazing about this incredible story is that these women, yo, they are the first women to ever do this. There is a law at the time and the law says it goes to the men, but these girls are like, nah, it was our dad's property. We're our dad's daughters. And you know what? We're gonna, we're gonna go and actually just make the bold request. We're just gonna actually ask. Someone say ask. So here's what I know. I know that if you want what few have, you have to be willing to do what few are willing to do. This is all, this is in every season of life. I go to conferences sometimes and some young man will come up to me and be like, Pastor Rich, bro, I love what you do, man. And I want to do what you do. And uh, that's, I want to do what you do, man. That's, that, that's it. I want to do what you do. I was like, I hear what you're saying. That's beautiful. I, I, I appreciate it. But it's, it's, not, it's not that you want to do what I do. If you want to do what I do, you got to do what I did. If, if you want to do what I do, you have to do what I did, Right? Meaning, it's not the do, it's the did. A lot of us want to do, but you never did. Like, 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 like I, I want that. Or if you want that, let's talk about what I did to get that. And these women are like, yo, um, ain't nobody ever did this before. And if we're going to get something we never had before, we're going to have to do something that's never been done before. I, that's pretty good preaching right there. So what do they do? They add tax. They don't just sit around going, I know I'm valuable. I know I'm worth it. They do something about it. They actually take it to the finish line. They come before Moses and the Eleazar and say, this is our dad's land. This is our property. They're bold. They're confident. They operate in a fearless attitude. You say, where does that come from? I think it comes from the simple fact that they know who their father is. How many of y'all know your inheritance is wrapped up in your identity? This is my dad's land and I am my father's daughter. I'm not asking for something more. I just know what is rightfully mine. It is my inheritance because I know who I am. Notice in the scripture, it doesn't just say five daughters. Look, at it actually records these daughters' names. The names of the daughters were Mahala, Noah, Hogla, which I think is a great name if you're looking for a baby name right now. Um, <laughs> Milka and... Uh, Terza, these are, these are great names. If you're like, I don't know what, Terza will work, I promise. <laughs> but these are not just names. They had a father who put intention into their identity. Mahala means forgiven. So Mahala's walking around going, I'm single, but forgiven. <laughs> I know my words. <laughs> my daddy told me so. I like this. Noah means movement, which I'm going to talk about this a little bit next week. Movement. I'm doing that which has never been done. I don't have potential. I'm actually stepping into action. I'm doing something. I'm moving. Yo, when it comes to marriage, don't marry someone who's standing still. Marry someone you have to catch up to who's already running their race well. Dang, that girl's moving. I got to chase her down. 
that man, that man's got a mission. That man's headed towards a finish line with or without me. I want to hold his line and come across. Hey. Add tax. So now Noah's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not just single. I'm, I'm single and moving. Hogla, gorgeous name. Um, <laughs> means circling and dancing. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. His dad said, you're going to dance whether you got a partner or not. My wife and I, we have a rule. It's like, yo, if we ever walk into a room and there's music playing, yo, dance whether or not you can find that beat or not, you know? And some of y'all, you're waiting for the beat that you understand. You're waiting for the partner. If I were you, I'd get up on that dance floor. and be like, what up? I'm single and dancing. Look at this. Milka means queen. It's amazing, right? Because typically in order to become a queen, you have to get married. But this dad said, no. You're already married to Jehovah. You are already a queen. You are my daughter. I'm just trying to put some purpose on some people. Tizra means pleasing. I'm single, but I bring pleasure to God. I bring pleasure to my father. See, the reason why they were able to add tax and be bold and be confident it's because they had an identity and their identity indicated their inheritance. They knew what was coming to them. They knew what was owed to them. I remember when I first started dating Don Shree, I actually talk about this in the book. It's a story that I tell, but it was really hard to impress Don Shree. My wife, Don Shree, I, I say it all the time, is one of the most just secure individuals I've ever met. That has not always been my trait or my strength. I deal with all sorts of insecurities. My wife is pretty calm, confident, content. And um, she had an amazing, amazing dad. I can remember that first, you're like trying to impress her and spitting game, you know. Yeah, girl, you know, like, I don't know, just whatever I was saying, I'd be like, you're pretty. She's like, I know, I know. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. But you'd be like, how you know? She's like, well, my dad, my dad's been telling me that since I was a little girl, you know. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Love him, you know, like. You're so talented. Yeah, I already know that. How you, how you, how you know you're talented, you know? Because my, my dad's been telling me that since I was a little girl. See, some of us in this room, you hear a story like that or you even read this today and you're like, but Rich, that's not my story. I don't have a dad like these women in Numbers 27. I don't have a dad like, like Don Shree. In fact, maybe you're, you, got, you got daddy issues. Daddy issues are not just for women, by the way. They're for all people. I'm going to preach in about three weeks about dad issues because I think all of us have some level of a father wound somewhere in our life. Why is that? It's because our earthly father is our greatest indicator of our heavenly father. And how many of y'all know our heavenly father is perfect and our earthly father is imperfect? And many times our first reference of who God is is in a father. So I don't care if he was present, engaged, and went to church every week. There's still things that he can't measure up into a heavenly father, and it creates pain points. But others of us in this room, we didn't even have a dad that was around. He, he left us, or he abused us, or he betrayed us. 
But I just wanna encourage some people today. This is why we gather as a church. This is why we open up God's words because I don't care how many failures your earthly father has. They cannot compare with the many victories that your heavenly father has. You have a heavenly father who speaks identity over you. And next time someone comes and tries to tempt you or shake you, you can say, I already know what God says about me. I'm his kid. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. Come on, somebody. If you know your worth, give God some praise. When you know your worth, you stop giving discounts and you add tax. You make bold requests. Why is this? Because this is not some cliche metaphorical teaching. This is what we believe about the gospel. And I know we're in a relationship collection. You're like, you're giving me the gospel? Yeah, because everything we do needs to come from a belief and a paradigm and a filter of Jesus and his finished work. The idea of an inheritance, by the way, an inheritance tends to go down to a child from a parent. An inheritance happens after someone dies. Once they die, something is released. What's amazing about God's word is that in John, you and I, it says if we believe or if we receive in Jesus, when we believe in him, we receive the right to be called sons and daughters of God. That if I'm in relationship with Jesus, he is now my big brother and now I am grafted into the family of God and now the heavenly father says, I am his child. And because I am his child, there is an inheritance. And what's so powerful about the gospel is that Jesus Christ, he had to die on a cross. Why? Because it's only in death that the inheritance is released. The good news about Jesus is he didn't just die, he resurrected from that grave. And we know there is a future inheritance, but can anybody testify that you've been inherited a whole lot right here on this side of eternity? This is the gospel. First Peter chapter one, verse three. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance. What's the word? Into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Kept in heaven for you. For you. This property, this, this is ours. And uh, I know no other woman has ever done this before, but because no other woman has ever done this before, they've never gotten this before, but we're here, us and our sisters, and uh, we're adding tax. It's not that we just know that we're valuable, it's that we're gonna do something about it. We're not looking for extra, we're not looking for something outside of the inheritance, but we have an inheritance because we are daughters. I wonder, are you being bold? Are you asking God, have you given up hope for the things that you believe he's spoken to you, the vision that he's given you for your life? You know, so many people come to our church and it's, it's not an easy thing to get up here and talk about anything and try to please everyone. So I understand that, that every topic and every sermon, there's a lot of different listening ears, but I always wanna be a voice in your life that makes you believe more about God and makes you believe more about yourself. But I've learned something about people. Sometimes people, they're disappointed and they're angry at God, but they shouldn't be angry at God. They ought to take a long, hard look at themselves. I wrote it down this way. Don't be disappointed with God for not getting what you never asked for. I wonder how many women 
in the generation before. So this is crazy. They're giving away dad's land. I'm his daughter. They knew their worth, but they didn't add tax. They didn't go and make the request. They didn't go and get bold with it. Listen to me. I don't know what your story is today. I just know that your desires, they matter to God. So yo, if you want to get married and you're single, ask God. Ask God before you ask him out or ask her out. If, if you want your husband to improve, <laughs> ask God. If you want your wife to talk nicer to you, don't just ask her, ask God. If you want your children to be Christ followers, don't just beat them over the head with the Bible. Ask God. Ask God, add tax. Come boldly, confidently. I know who I am. I know there's an inheritance. I know you have a plan for my family. I know you have a plan for my spouse. I know you care about my emotions. I know you care about my pain. I know you care about my trauma. So I am bringing it before you, God, and I am boldly asking you. Someone say, know your worth. You gotta know your worth. You gotta know your worth. You gotta know your worth. When you know your worth, you stop giving discounts, you add tax, but lastly, you begin to appreciate you begin to appreciate these women said now we know who we are we're going and we're going to ask Moses we're going to ask that priest to give us the land that we we deserve we want it we deserve it and so look at what the scripture says number chapter 27 verse 5 so Moses brought their case before the Lord by the way big ups to Moses for being a great leader he doesn't just dismiss it he's like all right you're asking me I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask God this is the type of leader that you always want to be under. You don't want perfect leaders, but you want godly leaders. You, you, want to, you want to trust someone that they're going to actually bring your case before God. You want to be in a church that the pastors are praying for you and hoping for your best interest at mine. And so he's like, all right, yeah, I'm going to bring it before the Lord, he said to them. Watch this. So Moses brought their case before the Lord and the Lord said to him, what Zelophehad's daughters are saying is right. Well, that's fire. I underline it. They're right. This is what God says. Those single and secure women, they're right. Watch this. You must certainly give them property as an inheritance among their father's relatives and turn their father's inheritance over to them. I love this because how many of y'all know it's a good day when you and God are agreeing on stuff? That's a good day, right? Like God agrees with me. <laughs> Before we take that approach, I want us just to consider for a moment. I do not believe that God changed his mind. I believe it was always God's will for the daughter to get the inheritance that she rightly deserved. He was just looking for a daughter who had faith enough to come and present the request. Why? Because it's impossible to please God without faith. So listen to me. Faith is not about getting God into agreement with us. Faith is always about us getting into agreement with God. They're right. That is my will. I was just waiting for someone with some faith to release my will. This is what the scripture says in 1 John chapter 5. This is the confidence. I'm going to add some tax. I got some boldness. We have an approaching God that if we ask anything according to what? His, his will. He hears us. 
And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. We ask according to his will. We ask according to his will. Let me tell you something. When we are in his will, bigger things start to come about. And I use that word bigger on, on, on purpose. It's not that you get a bigger house or a bigger car. It's that you step into the bigger story that God is telling. And God says, when you understand your value, when you understand what I did for you, before you know it, your life begins to appreciate. You get better and better and better. You grow into the big story that I am telling. And you, you're someone I can use. You're someone I can use. Maybe we got some business owners in the church today and maybe every month, you get your balance sheet. And we look at your balance sheet, there's, there's assets, there's, there's liabilities. And assets, um, they have the ability to appreciate over time, meaning that over time, they're worth more money. But assets can also depreciate over time, meaning that they're, they're, they're worth less money. I, I really believe if you're a business owner or anyone in this room, the greatest assets on your balance sheet are not your possessions or your property. The greatest assets on your balance sheet are always the people you're involved with. The greatest asset that God has ever given us, the greatest resource is each other. It's, it's people. But hear me, just because you are an asset doesn't mean that you are appreciated. That's sort of my question. Are you, are you appreciating? <laughs> are you getting better? Are you growing bigger? It's an important question that we all ask ourselves because it's not the responsibility of somebody else for us to appreciate. It's, it's our responsibility. What's amazing about this story, this is why I can't believe nobody knows about this story, is that when they go and make this request, it's not just simply that they get the land What's crazy about the story is that God changes the law. From this moment on, God's law says that if a father dies and he has no sons, the property then goes to the daughter. See, what happens is when you know your worth and your value, what you discover is that God has placed value on the inside of you, that you might make others around you more and more valuable, that you'll help others appreciate and grow and become. Woo, that's the person you wanna marry. That's the person you wanna be yoked up with. That's the person you wanna partner with. That's the business partner, that's the friend, that's the child you wanna raise, someone who's appreciating, somebody who makes others more valuable. It wasn't that they just got their land, it's that when they got their land, it changed the law and now others, generations of bigger stories impacted. I was at the airport coming back from Colorado this week, took my little boys out to Colorado and I'm in the airport just two nights ago. I got Wyatt and Wild with me, four years old, two years old. Wyatt Wesley Wilkerson is in the top 95% for height and weight. He's a big four-year-old, looks like he's six. Wild Wesley, who's two years old, is in the bottom 20% for height and weight. He's a small two-year-old. He's small, but he's scrappy. <laughs> we were at baggage claim waiting for our stuff. And there was this railing. And Wyatt said, Dad, Dad, can I climb over the railing? I was like, yeah, bro, you know, climb over. So he's like, you know, he climbs over. He's like, ah, ah. And then Wild, who's still learning English, 
just does whatever his brother is doing. And so he attempts to try to climb over the railing, but he can't get over the railing because he's too small to get over the railing. But I love my little boy, Wild. Didn't stop him. He, he, he just went through the railing. He went, he went right under it. I said, good job, Wild. You got through it. I'm proud of you, boy. You got through it. You got to the other side. But Wyatt said, no, Dad. He didn't do it right. He goes, Dad, I did it better than him. I said, Wyatt, no. You're not better. You're bigger. It's very, very important that we don't mistake these two words. Why? You're not better than wild. You're, you're, you're bigger than wild. Let me just tell you, God doesn't make you bigger so that you can criticize, that you can judge, that you can mock. He doesn't make you bigger so that you can have superiority and pride rise up inside of you. That's not why you're bigger. In fact, if you're bigger here today, maybe you're bigger emotionally or bigger spiritually or bigger physically, bigger mentally. I don't know all the categories that you might be bigger than someone else. God hasn't made you better than other people. He's made you bigger. Why has He made you bigger? It's not to scrutinize. It's not to criticize. It's not to make people feel less than. In fact, let me just say to all the people out there that you are just getting through this season. Let me just say to all the people that are fighting just to make it through. Praise God, you're still fighting. Praise God, you're making it through. Praise God, you're getting into that next season. Praise God, you haven't given up. Praise God. Like my son, Wild, you might be fighting your way through. It might be taking every ounce of your effort just to get through. Maybe you didn't get over it quickly, but you eventually got through it. Praise God. God's using you. So Wyatt, you're not better, you're bigger. So what do Wyatt do? He grabbed his little brother's hand. He says, here, Wild. I'll help you get over the railing. And he lifted his brother up and got him over to the other side. Woo! Come on, somebody. That's why God gives you security. That's why God makes you bigger. It's not to make others feel smaller. It's that others can stand tall and get over that which is in front of them. This is how you appreciate. This is how you add value. You help people get over. You help people cross over. You help people over to the other side. Are you appreciating? Are you appreciating? Know your worth. Stop giving discounts. Add the tax. And begin to appreciate. We close today, it's really simple. Value is determined one way, by what someone is willing to pay. That's it. Remember I bought a condo in 2000 and Seven, 2008, that thing wasn't worth anything anymore. Not because I didn't pay for it, but just because nobody else was willing to pay. Maybe you're going, I'm not worth it. And maybe you can't see your worth. And maybe you're giving discounts and maybe you're never bold. And maybe you're depreciating. I just want to remind you 
that you are valuable to God. Why? Because God was willing to pay Jesus in order to purchase you. And that's what we stand on today. That's the truth that we carry all over this room. I know my worth, not because it's self-help and not because it's just positive thinking. I know my worth because I believe in God's word and God sent his son in my place because God said, Rich Wilkerson Jr., you are valuable. And I don't need some person to tell me that. I don't need a partner to tell me that. I can hear it from my heavenly father. And because of it, I know there is a great inheritance that I'm receiving right now, but waits for me in the future. So if you're in this room today, I just want us to take a moment. Don Shree's gonna come up and close this service. But before she comes up, can we just take a moment and respond? This song we're singing is called, Oh My Soul. And I just want us to respond in worship. If you're carrying a burden today, if you're carrying the weight of the world today, I want you to stand and recognize what God has done for you and the value that you carry. So come on, lift your hands. Let's respond in worship. Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present. And I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in the next steps of your faith journey. Go to vuchurch.com online. We love you.